Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. Now, you're children of the Petersons. I know the Petersons. That's pretty wonderful to be a child of Carl and Lori. What about to be a child of the Lord of Heaven? That sounds pretty good. Jesus said, fear not, little flock. Don't be afraid. It's the Father's good pleasure to... Oh, that's not bad. That's not a bad inheritance. What are you going to inherit? I'm inheriting $20,000. Pretty cool. What are you inheriting? I get the kingdom. It's all mine. Pretty incredible. So I want to ask you some questions. We're going to talk together, and we'll see if we can get it on tape, my talking and your talking. I'll raise some questions. We'll talk about it. We might get halfway through this tonight, and that'll be okay. If we get two questions, then that, that'll be okay as well. So let's go for it. Finish this sentence. God would love me more if I... Okay, would he love you more if you were better? That's what you think? Is it... Okay, is it true? Could God love you more? So if you can finish that sentence, what does that say about you? What? Say it louder. Go ahead. No, go for it. Okay. If, if we're thinking that God is saying, do a little more, try a little harder, get it together, and that I would love you more if you could do this, you know, that wouldn't be true of my own father. If I did better, he wouldn't have loved me more. And if that's true of an earthly father, how much more is true of a father in heaven? So we're working under either under the merit system or under the mercy system. Either it's the law of God or it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. The law says do it. Jesus said it's been done. It's finished. It's done. So either I operate out of the sense that I've got to do more, the merit system, do a little more, or I operate in my life out of the sense it's done. And so I'm a prodigal and I come home and I'm just stunned at this father's goodness because he's giving me things that I didn't expect him to. In fact, I went out to the world to get him. What did he go out to the world to get? Huh? Yeah. Stuff. Party. What did he get when he got home? Stuff, party, ring, clothes, 
celebration, the love of his father, a stuck-up brother. He got, when he got home, what he thought he was going to get out of here. And he's thinking, what an idiot I was. Why did I leave? I'm getting it right here. Number two, what do you hear God saying the most to you? Here are some possibilities. When are you going get to get it together? Why are you always blowing it? Or do you hear affirmations like, I'm proud of you, I'm glad you're in the family, keep up the good work. Which, who hears the former more than the latter? How, how many are hearing the former, when are you going to get it together? Or why are you always blowing it? Okay, some of you do. Now, if you do, what might that indicate? It might indicate that that's what you heard growing up. Would that be true? That you heard that growing up, and that, that tape is still being played. And so you're saying to yourself, after you blow it, when are you going to get it together? And so you hear that message again. Anybody hear that message today? When are you going to get together? Ra raise your hand. It's OK. Anybody hear that? It's easy to hear the message that we heard 500 times when we were growing up. And it may take a, a time for the Lord to renew our mind. The Bible says our mind is being transformed by the renewing of the spirit. It's all in your mind. That's a good place for it. How you respond to situations is far more important than what, what happens to you. I was painting today for my son Israel, whose place was trashed by someone who was finally evicted after seven months. It's going to cost him $5,000. And the law favors the tenant rather than the landlord because he will never get that money. He will never get that money because the law does not put pressure. They finally kicked him out, but the law does not put pressure on him to pay it. So they're not going to pay it. They got problems with drugs. They got problems with prostitution. They got problems with uh, multiple children here and there and there, three different places. And here's what I heard his wife singing as she is uh, painting. She said, God bless them, bless his family, heal them, restore them. Let them know that they're loved by you. She could be a worried wife that just lost $5,000 and say, when are we going to get that back? And she could be hating them. She could despise them. I said to her when she came over to get her child, uh, Karen was taken care of, I said, that kind of response is so wonderful. It's so healthy. Because humanly, you'll be bitter. But she said, I'm not going to be bitter. It wouldn't do me any good. It's not what happens to you. It's how you respond to it. And if you know that you have a good father, how much more will father give good gifts to those who ask? How much more will the father give the Holy Spirit? If you absolutely know that, when things are terrible, you can say, God's going to do something wonderful. That's what Israel is saying, too. He said, it'll be worth $5,000 if I learn a lesson that stays with me the rest of my life. And Paul, can I say, it wasn't that he wasn't merciful. It was that this happened 12 times that this person already. So the law was trying to help. 
kicking him out. Kicking him out. Sure. Yeah. You are right. Absolutely right. Okay. Number three. Once Erica asked me, after she had been disobedient, uh, I think she was about eight, do you love me now, Daddy? I reassured her of my love. Do you find it difficult to accept God's forgiveness? How many would say it's, it's pretty easy for you to find God's forgiveness? Or are there some of you that find it more difficult to, to know that God really cleans, cleans it? How many find it difficult sometimes? Okay, can you say something about it? Can you, can you tell me why? Anybody? Levi, you want? Can you be real loud? We're taping you, man. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. Sometimes the forgiveness we give to others is, has strings attached. Again? You know, God doesn't say, again? One more time. He completely, if we, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. That's how I experience forgiveness in my family. That's how I experience it with my father. I told you how, how uh, forgiving he was. But I understand if we receive it and it sounds like it's conditional, we may think that God is kind of holding back a little bit. Well, let, well I'll just see what happens the next time. You do that again. What did Jesus say to Peter when he was thinking seven times would be a stretch? He said, I say not seven times, but 70 times seven. That was, that was a bit much for Peter to be able to handle. He, he couldn't handle that I, I'm to forgive somebody 490 times. That's a lot to forgive them. Because God over and over and over and over and over and over again just pours out grace. Pours out abundant grace. Just stop and think about it. Just stop thinking. You got forgiveness today. You got forgiveness yesterday. And God's not looking with any kind of frown on his face. Come on. We've talked about this a lot. How do you keep slipping up? What what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? There's nothing suggested in that outline. He's really a good, good father. He's really a perfect father. The kind of father that 
That'll heal me if I stay with him long enough. It'll heal me of the things that I grew up with where I, where I didn't get that. How, any of you grow up with a father where you weren't sure whether you really got forgiveness from? Yeah? Doesn't feel good. I wouldn't think that'd feel very good at all. Satan's primary purpose is to deface your picture of God. What do you say to Eve? He asked her a question. Just asked her a question. She was willing to listen. And so he said, did God really say? And at the end of that conversation, she and Adam kind of thought that God was a little tricky, a little deceptive. He's holding something back, maybe a little insecure, not wanting to share his wisdom. He might be a little egotistical, and they had ideas about God. That's what Satan wants to tamper with your picture of God. That's his agenda. That's his number one desire for you is to tamper with your picture of God. And if he's successful, then you won't know how good a father you've got. It'll be hard for you to receive his forgiveness, to receive his love, and to know he wants to pour, pour blessings upon you. One of my favorite things to do with my kids, you can talk to them about this, they'll tell you, is to get in their face when they start worrying, start anxious about finances, and I get right in their face and I say, you just walk. You just walk. Within, and I usually, in a close range, within a week, within two weeks, with very close, God is going to show you how much he loves you in a tangible way. You just walk. Because I don't want them to get in a mode of worrying. That's an insult. Worry is an insult. When we used to go shopping, Carlos, some of you know, is getting married a week from Saturday. Uh, all the other kids, uh, we, we'd go over to the, uh, the mall, and we're at the Green Mill. Let's meet back here at 1.30. And they'd split, except for seven- or eight-year-old Carlos. And she didn't go anywhere, because she wouldn't know where to go. She would intuitively, instinctively grab my hand. I knew where to go, and she knew it. And so we would go together and get the things that mom probably told us we needed to get for, for Karis. She never doubted. She never said, Dad, I'm really afraid that you probably don't know where we're supposed to go. It would have been, it, it would have been strange for her to worry. She never, never said that. It's strange for us to worry in light of who God is. But maybe you got into a routine of doing that because you had earthly parents who gave you cause for worry, who were, who, who were not consistent in what they said or did. And so that has put in your mind an outlook of a, a repetitive worry. Be good if we could pray over that tonight and 
see that change in your outlook. Because Jesus said, why? It is. It's, uh, you know, his, I think of his sense of humor to say that because, of course, he made us in his image. He's going to take care of us if he says in his word that he takes care of even Pharaoh. And, and in the psalm here, in 80, Psalm 86, I was just reading the other day, and it says, you know, it's just so familiar. It says, you can't buy him forgiveness. I find that the good people will come to Stop for a moment and think of what kind of things do I worry? What kind of things do I worry about? Are those are those good things for you to worry about? Are those legitimate things? Are those things that God understands? Sure, you should be worrying about that. I'm not sure whether we're going to be able to answer those issues. It's it's as an, it much an insult as it is for Corinth to worry that her dad could take care of her. You've got a dad that really wants to take care of you and show you. In fact, it's going to take all the ages for him to show you the extravagance of his love. It's going to take him a long time to show you just how great he is. He wants to turn God into a permissive or punitive, which means punishing, passive, performance-oriented father performance-oriented so that you feel like a young lady named Maki who grew up with a Japanese politician well-known in Japan who had planned for her to go to Harvard. She wanted to go to a Bible school. And if she got an A-, minus, it was like getting an F, literally. So that when we asked her to sing on our worship team, she shuddered at the thought. She had a good voice. She shuddered at the thought. And I said, what's going on here? And then she told us about her father, which caused her to worry that she could do enough. Where'd she learn? She learned it at home. What was she supposed to learn? That she had a father who loved her, who cared about her, had had vision for her future, but wasn't controlling. Unfortunately, she didn't have that. She got over it. She got healed from it. She had to take a step back from relating to him for a while. Now she's free. Now she knows who she is in God. But that was not an easy thing for her to break free from because for 18 years of her life, 
She was under the domination of a man who had plans for her, whether she had those same plans or not. And that was very difficult for her. Performance orientation. So I need to be doing better. I need to be making it. I need to be uh, smarter. We had a lady in our church who got straight A's, and yet she was made to feel dumb by her brother, Gene Hahn. She was made to feel stupid because her brother said she was stupid, and she, uh, she believed him. I'll bet you there are people here who feel stupid because there were people who made you feel stupid, and they said things like, you can't do that. You won't be able to do that. And so you got that impression of yourself, and it hasn't been removed yet. We need to remove that. We need to get, get beyond that because God gives you a different kind of a picture. He's a good father. He loves the way he's made you. He's proud of you, and he's proud of how he made you with specific gifts for you to perform specific functions and show his glory in the way that only you can. No one can do what you can do because only you is you. You are you, and no one can do you better than you can. You can do you good. Some of us try to do somebody else because we're envious. I wish I were, and so we want to think like somebody else or be who they are. You can't. The eye cannot say to the ear, I, I, don't, I have no need of you. We don't, I don't need another eye. I'm sure glad I got a ear. Number five, God not only loves you, he likes you. He likes being with you, spending time together. Let me hear from you on this one. How do you handle that? Is that, a, is that a reality for you? Do you really think about that? Do you think God likes you, enjoys you, spends time, spends time with you? Let me hear from you. So most of the time I'm used to people saying a lot of mean, not church-appropriate words to me and others in my family. So, you know, I've had, you know, a lot of mentors in my life speak positive words to me and show me God's love. So I've been coming to that realization myself for the past couple of years. Last couple of years. So it took a while, but, but it's coming. Oh, yeah. Good things are coming out of your mouth, Andre. We like it when you share because truth is coming out of your mouth. That what wasn't happening four years ago. That's wonderful what God is doing. So you got trash talked while you were growing up. Not fun. So I, I suspect you thought you were dumb or you were an idiot or yeah. made to feel that way. Are you saying yes? Are you...
You had the feeling that God didn't like you? You had the feeling that God didn't like you? Which was? Did she convince you that you were a liar? It wasn't that she convinced me that I was a liar. It was that she had, I mean, I know, I know it was the, and then it was the enemy. And all of those, all of fighting for the enemy is not the people, or not fighting for us, all of fighting the enemy. And she has a lot of stuff that she's dealing with. And I know that um, in her mind that she felt that she had to be right. So do you relate to them now? Thanks for sharing. Anybody else? Yeah. Pretty patient, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. Incredibly patient. And Anybody else?
to share. Yeah, Levi. Do you have that kind of father in heaven? Uh, I don't know. I don't want to talk about that. No, how about, how about your father in heaven? What's your relationship with your father? There isn't much. There isn't much. So was it hard for you to figure you were worth much to God? So it's coming, you're saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Process. Anybody else want to share this process of coming to, to have an identity in God out of a childhood where that identity was called into question by the realities of life? And maybe parents who really wanted to love you but didn't know how? Didn't know how to show your love? I know some of you have dealt with this. It, it, does that make it hard for you to love your parents? Are you able to say, I love you? Or do you have a, do you have a tough time loving them in light of the fact that you really struggled a lot to find a true identity in God? Anybody want to speak to that? I can't hear you. I think like constantly you say, and a lot of what they talk about is how the more you see a change in humans, the more you see that they're no longer like humans. And I feel like you see like more like people type of story. Can you hear over here? That's good advice. This is the most important single thing about you. The most important thing about you is your picture of God. The second most important thing about you is your picture of yourself. And both are shaped primarily in the home. So if you had a home where there was a lot of conflict, a lot of difficulties, and you were not built up in who you are in God, who you are as a person, then it's understandable that it's difficult to not to be anxious, to expect things to work out. All things work together for good. Well, do they really? Did they for me? No. So we wonder now, now I'm in a new place, and so I have to come to the place where my mind is being renewed like Johanna, I'm so proud of her. That's a renewed mind. And instead of being bitter about something that causes them great hurt and great time, changing their whole schedule, place trash, they could be so bitter, and that would, could stay with them for 20 years. But instead, she's blessing these people 
that have a terrible lifestyle, she's blessing them and praying for them. It's not about what happens. It's how you respond. So in a little bit, we're going we're to speak again forgiveness to people. Like Levi said, they're human. Didn't, didn't know how to forgive. Didn't learn it. Didn't happen to them. Anybody else want to share? I don't want to pull it out of you, but uh, some of you, it would be helpful for you to share something about your experience because it will help somebody else to get healing. Good for you. Good for you. What did she say? Was she upset? So what was your, if you, okay for me to ask, what kind of picture did you have of God? Were you a Christian? Uh, well, I was before, but in the school at the time, uh, we got kids kind of against us. Uh, a lot of doubts. A lot of doubts. Doubts about you? So you're in the process, you're not there yet, but that's what you're hoping to get to where you can really believe that he's looking down and smiling and really liking you. Yeah. Are some of you in the same process that he's at where, where you're not there yet, Emma? That's, you're at that place? You wanna, you're comfortable? You, you don't have to share, but. Your brother didn't. Yeah, 
Does he now? Do you feel his love now, his, your brother? What about your dad? Does God love you? Do you feel his love? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Do you have a tough time trusting him? Mm -hmm. Do you understand why she does? Do you understand? Yeah. time when I was in graduate school that I was going through emotional trauma, emotional struggles, and uh, it kept getting stronger and stronger. And someone, I believe, encouraged me to do something I'm going to recommend that some of you do, that on a daily basis, and for me it was several times a day, I would speak truths that I had a tough time believing. And I'd say them over and over again. Your mind is renewed by truth, the Bible says. And so when my mind naturally goes to those lies, because I was fed that, I need to counter that with truth. The Bible says, thy word is truth. And we know the truth is God really loves you. He likes you. He cares about you. He's got good plans for you. That's truth. But you're in the process of coming to that. So how are you going to get there? Are you going to wait for an emotion? That'll come. But you may wait a long time. So what I would recommend, I... I began saying about five things. I am free in Jesus Christ because I, I began worrying a lot. The, hearing the phone ring, it, it created a, a disturbance for me. I didn't want to answer it. So I was uh, emotionally fearful. So 
So I, I would say things that are true. I am, I am forgiven. I'm trusting in Jesus Christ for his work in my life. And I would say those over and over again. And it finally got through. It got through. It broke through into a place where now I, I don't struggle with those things. So I'd encourage those of you who, who will, will, of course, pray with you tonight. And it can happen in a moment, but more often it's a process where God brings you in a walk where you, where you embrace more and then you have moments of, of breakthrough where someone prays with you and you have moments of breakthrough. Let me just see if there's anything more I want to say here. And then we'll, uh, anybody else want to share? Thank you for those who have. Yeah, Andre? I'm just feeling you know, uh, led to share this. And, and it kind of applies to all those who have shared and the ones that you know, don't feel led to share. And it even applies to me in a lot of my situations that I, I know Levi mentioned it a, a few minutes ago, and I think Andy did as well, that forgiveness, when people are hurt, and I think Byron even mentioned about being a, a offense, a lot of people think that, that, oh, I need to forgive others. But people don't realize is there's a trade-off involved that in order to forgive, you have to forgive yourself for not forgiving. Because obviously, I, I, growing up, I came to realization, excuse me, realization of this myself that uh, having bitterness, anger, hatred—it's like it's like poison in your veins. Really that, true. That, that, that that's what I've always considered it as poison in your veins, and if you don't get yourself into that place to where you can forgive, it's just going to eat, eat away. And it's going to make it hard for you to forgive that somebody that, that that's hurt you. And myself included, I, I struggle with forgiveness every day. So I'm in it with you. So just keep that in mind to forgive. You have to forgive yourself for not forgiving. Let's stop here. Thank you, Andre, for sharing that. And let's, uh, I'm going to lead you through a, a time of prayer. In the last 11 years with Communitas, we prayed with a lot of young people that were suffering from what I call a father wound. It, it may be a mother wound, a significant Person, someone that you had a right to trust, and they violated your trust. When that trust is violated, it creates a wound in your heart that doesn't go away in time. It can stick there and, and remain your whole life. And I'm going I'm to lead you through a process where you can be healed of that kind of wound. Because time does not take it away. There are some people who wonder why they go to bed at night worried. They wake up with anxiety. I think it probably has a lot to do with the father wound that they have. That they, they haven't settled something so central to their life, so important with their past, that it's hard for them to know how to relate to God. I think of um, Lola. She was in our church. She, uh, she couldn't say, Dear Father. 
She could say, dear Jesus, but she could not say, dear Father. You can imagine why. Her father had never said he loved her. And uh, she finally was able to write a letter to her father, but she couldn't mail it. We had to walk together to the mailbox. And, and finally she was able to stick it in the mailbox and send it off. She was scared to death of, of confronting this that had been with her all her life. Now she was a mother and she had children, and she still couldn't say, dear father. She got a letter back where her father asked forgiveness and told her that he was proud of her. She never heard that. She never heard it once. I'm proud of you. Well, that began the healing process. And now she can say, dear father, and know that she's got a heavenly father because she's finally got, got those goods. So I just uh, invite you now just to be in a position, uh, relaxed, as, as relaxed as you can be in your, in your chair. That's right. That's right. Come Holy Spirit and do your work now in hearts. And for you, you may not call it a father wound because you may have some kind of relationship with your father. But if it's strain, if there are expectations that are unmet, hope deferred, if there, if there are things that you expected and it didn't happen, there could be a pocket within you of, of bitterness, of resentment. And when we pray, those are the things we're looking for. We're looking for negative emotions that block the way to receiving the kind of love the, the Father wants to pour into our hearts. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to name the steps now. The first thing is, is to acknowledge that I'm wounded. Some people don't know they're wounded. They walk with a limp, and they don't even know it. They don't know why. And so if these things, some of you, it's obvious that you know you've been wounded. Others may not know it. But as we talk, you say, yeah, I think there's something in my life that has created distrust. It may be related to my mom or my dad. And it's okay just in your heart now, just acknowledge, I think I'm wounded. 
You don't, you don't uh, go to a hospital if you're not wounded. So God wants to give you care tonight. God wants to perhaps begin a healing process as you can simply say, I am wounded. We'll tell you to say that. We let that settle in. And then the second thing I do is I forgive imperfect people. You may have done this five times before. You may have done it 50 times before. Do it 51. Tonight, where there's grace for healing, you target one or two people normally in your family, target them. And God will give you grace to be able to say and to mean it, I forgive them. The Bible says that we must do it with our heart, not just with our mind, but we do it with our heart. And so I'm going to encourage you to say that. And I want you to say it loud enough so that you yourself can hear it. Next, the person next to you doesn't hear it, but I want you to say, I forgive my father. It's better than whispering it. Better, it's better than just saying it in your mind. I remember once where I was praying deliverance for somebody with her pastor, and uh, it took us about 30 minutes to get her to speak those words. People that were... Uh, did some really incredibly sad things to her and she couldn't forgive them. Once she said it, things began to break. Began to break. So go ahead and speak out. If there are more than one, there may be five people, maybe there's just one or two, go ahead and say it just loud enough so you can hear your own, your own ears. Do it now. the next thing we do then is to receive like Andre was talking about I receive forgiveness for my wrong responses I'm not responsible for what people do to me but I am responsible for my responses and if my response is one of bitterness resentment anger fear isolation, intolerance, then those are emotions that I need to deal with so that I come into a place of freedom. And the best way to do that is to acknowledge them and say, I'm sorry. So go ahead and ask God to forgive you for any emotions, any of those negative emotions that you see that were a part of the way you responded. We understand it humanly. We understand a child getting angry at a father who's distant and keeps disappointing. We understand it. But still we want you to say, I, for, I, I receive 
forgiveness for my anger toward my father, my lack of respect. Go ahead and whatever, whatever comes to your mind. Thank you, Father, that you tell us that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just. Thank you that you remove them from us. They don't have to be blockages anymore. Thank you that you remove those negative emotions. You lance those wounds, Lord, those wounds, those pockets of bitterness in our heart and let them drain away so that they don't clog up the arteries, so that they allow flesh fresh flowing of your spirit through our bodies. Thank you for that. And now the, the, the last thing we do is we receive. Having done these things, now we, we receive the Father's love. And this can become something I, I feel, I, I take by faith, or something I can actually begin to feel in a deeper way. Father, I pray that you would show your love to these friends who are walking into a new place, who are forgiving, who are receiving forgiveness, who are doing business with you, with their past. Thank you that you're healing them. Thank you that you're enabling them to understand a deeper consciousness of your love. I pray for those who still have doubts. I pray that even tonight, something that you do in their heart brings them to a greater confidence that you're with them. Come, Holy Spirit, and comfort. Comfort deeply. Comfort so deeply that they feel loved by you.